Welcome to Purposely Bossing Up, where we talk about bossing up in business, but we always talk about bossing up in life. Hey y'all, this is your girl T, the host of Purposely Bossing Up. On today's episode, we have Kiana Brown. Kiana F. Brown, the forgiveness expert, works with women who want change. She uses forgiveness strategies to help them repossess their lives. She is the founder of Uplift Women's Alliance, where she is aiding women in finding their purpose, creating impact in the world, and building confidence. So I present to you all Kiana Brown. Hello, Kiana. Hi, how are you? I am great. How are you? I am doing great. I'm doing excellent today. Awesome. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. You're actually going to be the second episode of season two. So I'm super excited about this. Awesome. I'm excited to share. So, of course, this podcast is called Purposely Bossing Up. Kiana, what is your definition of purpose? My definition of purpose is just basically what I was created to do, what I was created to be, why God sent me here. It's all wrapped up in the purpose. And literally, uh, one of the, the tools that I use is to help women find their purpose. And I was in a space for so long that I did not know what my purpose was. But I'm excited that uh, I'm in a season where I'm able to know what my purpose is and help other people do that. So just get into the space of where we all know what we were divinely created to do. Yes, absolutely. That is amazing. And I always say it on every episode, no matter how many times I ask the same exact question, is presented in a different way each and every time, but everything ultimately comes to the same goal. Like, why do you wake up in the morning? Why do you do the things that you do every single day? So everyone says it differently. You know, some people may even have a purpose, something different each and every day. You know, they wake yeah. up and, and they have one purpose, and then tomorrow or two days later, they wake up and have a different purpose for their life. So I definitely agree with you. Like, sometimes it takes time to understand what your purpose is here on Earth, and people really have to pay attention to all the things that God is, is showing us because these are the things mm-hmm. that ultimately come together and let us understand, okay, I'm here on earth to do this. Yeah. You know, I like something you said. Uh, we, we wake up every day and we go into a, a space of going into a, a different purpose. And a lot of the time with purpose, we don't understand that it can be seasonal, that it can be a daily activity. You know, sometimes we were purposely meant to run into someone for that day to help mm-hmm. activate change in that in their lives for that moment. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what we're here for. But a lot of the times we get stuck in a, a seasonal purpose and mm-hmm. it allows us not to get into the, the presence of what our true purpose is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So what is one word you would use to describe yourself and why? Hmm. Wow. Okay. One word. I get to choose one word that describes this massiveness that God has created in this little human being. Um, mm. <laughs> wow. Um, this, this is really making me think. I would just have to say supernatural. Mm, I would one. say that that is the word 
that kind of categorizes and sums up everything that Kiana is because uh, when you look at me, the things that I've gone through, things that I've endured and the things that God has allowed for me to accomplish, you know that that's nothing but a supernatural power and that's God, his presence over my life that has allowed for me to even achieve the things or to step foot into the places, the doors that I've walked through and to actually even to be on the phone with you right now. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Yeah, some people actually sometimes get stuck on that question, like, oh, my gosh, I really don't know, or I think I can only pick one. (laughs) Yeah, like, I need to be prepared for that. Like, where? (laughs) It really really makes you think, because you're like, well, Mm -hmm. you know. I can hear a lot of words that people use to describe me as a person, but how do how would mm-hmm. I describe myself? So it kind of yes. puts you in a, a a thought where you're like, oh, okay, all right, let me think, let me think, let me think. Yeah, I don't want to think too long. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kiana, what inspired you to do what you do today? And can you tell our listeners a little bit about Uplift Women's Alliance? Sure. So this journey started for me, I guess, you know, we don't even know when our journey starts. And it, it literally, for me, started at the beginning of my existence. Just the the things, the lifestyle that I was a part of or the things that I've endured um, growing up in a home where I had everything, right? My grandparents were raising my brother and I. We were under their care because my parents gave us up for for them to have custody over us because they were living the 80s lifestyle. You know, they were into partying and Mm -hmm. um, doing all types of curricular activities. And so, you know, no matter how much I had good things, positive things, great things in my life, I still always yearn for the presence of my parents. And so at a very young age, I They didn't say, you know, clinically I was depressed, but they said I had symptoms of depression and I'd become overweight. And Mm -hmm. in that process, you know, a lot of people can remember in their youth sometimes going outside to play or their friends or the different things that they did. But I particularly remember sitting on the back porch in my grandparents' house with a plate of food and a television. And that was, you know, my comfort. That was my excitement, my enjoyment. That's what made me feel better. And um, also animals were my constant because I didn't Mm. have that connection with a lot of people. Um, I always felt like the oddball or the one that was out, especially because of my weight. I can remember in the sixth grade when a guy told me in the coat room, he said, you know, you'd be pretty if you weren't so fat. And I was like, wow. Oh. So, you know, now not only do I feel this way when I look in the mirror, but I know now everybody else sees me the same way. So I allowed for that one person's judgment, um, cloud my judgment. And that was just like a down spiral. So from there, I, you know, I was in drugs and, you know, just all of these different activities leading to high school. I wanted to have what every other girl had, you know, the guys chasing mm-hmm. after them or wanting to go on dates. And that was not my portion because I physically didn't fit in with what the norm was for the teenage girl in at my high school. So I wasn't getting that attention. And one day it happened. I was getting that attention and it really didn't matter where it came from. And I was getting attention from a female. And so, you know, a lot of the times when you are getting that attention and you've been in such a dark, dark place, it really doesn't mm-hmm. matter where it's coming from. And then you kind of get involved in situations that tend to become your norm because this is what makes you feel better. So regardless of how 
you know that this is not what you truly want because I desired to have a male, you know, I desired to be right. in um, what people would deem a regular relationship, but I chose what was coming after me and it just became my norm until eventually I went to college and I got an opportunity to have a boyfriend, you know, it was kind of odd, mm-hmm. kind of weird. We were, um, you know, in his dorm room and, you know, like I said, I used drugs. Marijuana was like, that was my cho- my choice of drugs. And mm-hmm. being in that relationship with him, you know, he one night decided to touch me while I was there and I acted as if I was asleep. The next night it happened. I said, hey, if you want this, you know, you're going to have to be my boyfriend. And, you know, that's how I got my first boyfriend. And, um, you know, it it really wasn't what I wanted. And, you know, he eventually started to earnestly really love me and like me. And like, what is that? Ew, I'm grossed out, you know, (laughs) because you actually want me. So now I'm like turned off. Now I'm turning into the mean chick for somebody who actually had feelings and compassion for me the way that I wanted. But because it was what I I thought I wanted, I didn't even know how to accept it. And um, in that situation, there were some things that transpired and I ended up almost committing or trying to commit suicide. I was um, in a section of the campus called the Valley. And ironically, a valley is a place in between low and high. I had taken a bottle of Percocet pills and, you know, I woke up and I was angry with God. It was like, okay, why am I still here? I wasn't happy before and I'm still not going to be happy. Why am I here? You know, but eventually that didn't work out. School didn't work out because I partied it. I majored in partying 101 and I came home after completing a year of partying at school which was mm-hmm. Tuskegee University, a really, really good school to just go to and wow. kind of flop out. But, you know, that's what I did. You know, being in that space, that mental space. And um, I got into a job that my mom told me to go and fill out an application for because I was working at McDonald's doing all of these um, odd end jobs. And she said, mm-hmm. that's not what you want. You you went to school to become a veterinarian. Go to, go to this place and try to get the job. You've only ever worked with animals in your life. Okay, so bad. I'm going to do it. I went and I got the job and I called her and I'm all excited and she's just like, okay, I knew you were going to get the job. So from there, I, you know, I took the job and um, I learned the skill of grooming. And then I got into this relationship with this woman because I went back to the place that was comfort for me, what I knew. And this woman was nearly, you know, my mom's age. And from there, it was just a down spiral. I didn't realize at the time that I was in a domestic violence relationship. Who would think that you could mm. be in a domestic violence relationship with someone of the same sex? Well, that wasn't the case. We got into an argument um, and literally she almost choked me to death, what? literally sliding down a wall in the closet, almost lost consciousness. Um, and then all of a sudden something snapped in her eyes. Because the person that was choking me, I could not see her as I was looking at her, as I was trying to claw her off of me, slowly losing breath. So I just stopped and then something clicked and she let go. And that should have been the moment that I, I, I kept going and I didn't turn back. But because I was damaged, you know, from that incident and not just that, but just the low self-esteem and depression that I carry with me my entire life. You know, there's that thing that, that makes you go back, you know. And yeah. uh, I did. And she was used to being the person that was providing. She was um, financially abusive where I relied on her. And in the circumstances of going back, she wasn't able to provide. And we, she uh, talked me into robbing a facility with her and um, ended up in prison for four years. And, Are you serious? And so in that place, there was a lot that transpired. I, I did a lot of traveling. I went from 
DC jail. They moved me across the street to the CCA um, facility. Then I went to Paulding County, Georgia after I was sentenced. Then they left me there when everybody I came with left. And then I was sent to FDC. Uh, I'm sorry, I was sent to Danbury, Connecticut. And then lastly, I was sent to FDC Philadelphia. And, and FDC Philadelphia was the last place. And I was literally in a situation where I could look out the window and see life exist all around me as I was standing still. And so I had to decide that I would not be the statistic. I think it's about 76% of us are literally supposed to come back. And I was determined to be the other percentage. Was it determined to be the percentage that was not going to allow for my life to be a revolving door in and out of jail. And so I mapped out a plan. I said I wanted to get back into pet grooming. I wanted to become, uh, you know, grooming again and working with the animals that I love. And I wanted to have a business as it related to that. I had really, really big dreams. I wanted to become a uh, paralegal because I was, that's what I did while I was there. I learned that skill and acquired it. Uh, so I wanted to have that to fall back on. I wanted to be an author. And I came home in 2005. And up to 2015, I had completed every single thing except for writing the book. So I became a paralegal. I become mm-hmm. an I become a, a pet grooming business owner, not just getting back into it. And today, um, we've been in existence. Uh, 2020 will be. I've been open for eight years. Um, wow, about Thank you. Staffing about nine people. But back to 2015, I I didn't write the book. And so I, I pumped out and I wrote a book about pet care. I was like, you, you know, every business has to have a book to go with it. So I did mm-hmm. that. And God was still pulling and tugging on my heart. And so I was like, I, I can't write a book. Who's going to want to read about me? There's not enough about Kiana to put in the page, um, you know, to put in a book. And so um, God presented an opportunity for a collaboration. And um, since that collaboration, I can say that I am the proud author five times. Um, just mm-hmm. the, the the latest book um, that I've written or been a part of the collaboration was called The Breakthrough um, that mm-hmm. has uh, Nick Halleck, Johnny Wimbry, Les Brown, and a host of other authors. And my picture's like right next to Les Brown on the cover. I'm like, what? So when I talk about supernatural, you know, how do I describe myself? Um, right. Just coming from the demographics to where God has placed me now, which has allowed for me to have the brick and mortar, um, my pooch style pet grooming, that's my, my baby, my first heart, but uplift women's alliance is to help that woman was like, that was like myself because I realized that I was mentally incarcerated well before I had actually reached a prison cell. We t- wow. put ourselves in these prisons and we're free walking around, you know, when there are people actually in prison that are probably more capable and more sane of living a productive life than those of us who are out here that have trapped ourselves in a, a broken heart, depression. We've trapped right. ourselves in, in self-loathing. Uh, we, we've trapped ourselves in, in so many different areas that, you know, we've placed ourselves probably in a place called Tartarus. You know, uh, I don't know if you're how, how deep you are in, in the scripture and things like that, but Tartarus is like the deepest place, the abyss of hell that you can go to. And we Absolutely put is. ourselves, yeah, we put ourselves in that place and we have all the right to have freedom. And so that's why, you know, my goal and my objective is to help women discover their purpose by first tackling, tackling the biggest thing, which helped me was unforgiveness. I had to get in the place of forgiving. I blame my dad for so much that I had done in my life when ultimately I had to realize 
even though a person can make an action, we are the ones who react to the act. And so whatever my reaction is, that's my choice. That's my decision. That's what I did. And so getting out of that space of realizing that it wasn't him. Sure, he was in his addiction. Sure, he did, you know, the things that he did. It was my ultimate decision to get into a same-sex relationship, to commit a crime, to pick up the drug, to pick up the alcohol, to ride in the stolen cars, to, you know, do all of the things that I did. It was not his decision. It was ultimately mine. And so I had to get in a space of understanding that I needed to forgive him for the Mm -hmm. addiction piece because that is... um, it's, it's an it's an alternative dopamine effect, and when we get into the position of allowing something that's fake to take control, sometimes we cannot get ourselves out of that pinwheel. And so I had to forgive the fact that he allowed for that to happen, and and realize that that's, that's really not my dad. My dad is a loving, caring guy. Now today I get the opportunity to love him while he's in prison. He's serving a mm. life sentence. Wow. And I still, you know, I get the opportunity just the other day and it, mm, you know, he could be in a place where I'd never get to see him again. I'd never get to talk to him again. I'd never right. get to let him know how I felt. Or he could be dead. But God saw fit for me to still have my father and yeah. talk to him. And even though he doesn't have the most that he has or that he could have, he's offering to me what he does have. And so I'm grateful to God for that. You know, you never understand why things happen or what the outcome is going to be. But as long as we stay in a position of continuously wanting to wanting change and wanting to be uplifted from those deep, dark places, then we can mm-hmm. get to our purpose. And then we can thrive and we can survive and we can live and we can help create and we can do what it is that we were meant to do on this earth and not be self-consumed with it. Um, So that's just a a little bit and a lot of it about me (laughs) and how Uplift Uplift Women's Alliance thrives. That is so amazing. That is truly a testimony. Yes, and I try try not to cry. But, you know, you get so filled when you think about it. And that's, you know, I I just keep going back to that word supernatural because everything that I've experienced and what I've shared with you is just is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's so many, you know, other things. And and I I shared that in my book, uh, my solo project, Blessed Hands. It's called Blessed Hands, A Pathway to Forgiveness. And I shared six different stories that could break a person, that could allow for them to go into that mental incarceration. But how do you get out of that place? And so that's my goal, you know, and after you get out of that place, how do you put on your marching shoes and you go and do what it is that you're supposed to do in this earth? Mm -mm -mm. I'm just touched. (laughs) I am touched. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, with everything that you've been through, who was your role model or mentor growing up and did it change over the years? I guess I would have to say subconsciously my role model was Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to watch her every single day. Um, my grandmother, because that's what she watched. And, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm, she's looking at it, I'm looking at it. And, you know, I see this woman and I see her doing all these different things. And, and that just allowed for me to see that you know, even beyond my circumstances, that Mm -hmm. there's always a way out. It's what we choose to do beyond that, that matters. We have these things that happen to us in life. Sure. You know, I I don't think that there's anything special about what happened to me because there are so many people who've experienced worse. But I think the special thing is what you do beyond that, you know, 
there, you know, there are so the people have, you know, been sex slaves and, and just all of these things that we may believe to be the end of life and we're still living through it. What is what you do on the other side of that? It's who you help with what you've been through on the other mm-hmm. side of that. You know, I've been lucky to even go back and help, you know, some other inmates and go to different programs to speak to returning citizens because just because I've come home and I've been able to accomplish these things, that does not mean that it was easy by far. And so being mm-hmm. there to be a support system to them, they're like, okay, look, and, and I always give her, all right, dog, look, <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep it real because you got the CO looking at you. And they telling you to do something and you're looking at them like, but you haven't been through anything that I've been through. I can talk to you and say, I've experienced it. I've had my cell tossed up and right. upside down. I've been woken up out of my sleep to tell that, okay, you have to pack up all your stuff and you have to move. I've been in a situation where they called me and told me that my great grandmother passed and there's nothing that I can do about it. You know, I've mm-hmm. experienced these things. I've experienced people coming at me trying to fight me because you think I want your girlfriend or, you know, and I'm just trying to do my time. Okay. Right. I've been in that position. So it's easier for that person to relate to what I've been through because they've been through it as well. And to see the different challenges, you know, of trying to get a job, you know, I'm trying to get a job when I come home and, you know, I'm having to catch the bus in like this severe uh, snowstorm. And by the time I get back into the halfway house, my pants legs are wet up to my kneecaps. And the very next day that I wake up, my head's pounding and I have like the flu symptoms. And, you know, now I'm sick because I got the job, you know, and right. I'm like, oh, yay. You know, and, right. and ultimately, it's what you do with that job because I had people in that position at the McDonald's looking at me like I was crazy because I became a shift manager in three months. It's not my oh, fault wow. that you decide to stay where you are. You know, so that's why I say my goal is to help people who want change. There are a lot of people who talk about changing, but they don't really want to change. And change right. is nothing but actually putting forth action. It's change as being in a transition phase. When you transition, you're moving from one place to the next place. You like to talk about transitioning, but you don't actually move into the place of transitioning. And so that's my goal is to help those women who are trying to maneuver and 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 get and walk through those places, run through those places, leap through those places, whatever it is that they have to do um, to help them continuously make that decision. I'm doing a uh, series on my Facebook page and Instagram mm-hmm. called A Journey Back to Me. And literally the whole basis of this uh, this going live and me sharing the things that I do is to realize that you ultimately have to make a decision. Right. And once you've made that decision, then you're choosing to do that thing, however often you're choosing to do it. Maybe it's a task that you have to choose once a day, twice a day, whatever. For me, my goal is with my health. So I have to choose this three times a day. I have to choose to eat the right food three times a day. You know, I'm eating three meals a day. And then so after I'm continuously choosing that, guess what I just did? I created a healthy habit. And so that's all that the goal is to is to make a decision to choose to do something to create a healthy habit, to shun all of the bad habits, whether the bad habits is, you know, thinking the way that we're thinking, pivoting towards the left when we know we should go right, um, picking up that phone, calling that person that we know we shouldn't hang out with, whatever that bad decision is for you. You know, there's no heaviness to it. You know, everybody has a different role in life and I don't minimize anybody's journey, you know, because it could be the smallest thing that has the biggest effect. 
But if you ha- if you don't make that that decision to make the choice, then you won't have that ha- that healthy habit to do that small thing that's going to make a great impact in the world. That's right. That is so true. That is so true. So, what is your meaning of success, and what do you consider to be your current biggest success? And it can be personally, or it can be business related. So I'll I'll say I'll say this. I have been in a space. Literally, it, it took. Let me see. I started the collaboration. Probably it was 2016 when I got um, in the space of doing a collaboration, 2017 when it actually happened. And I was told that I would have to speak at a conference. And literally the year before that, God had kept giving me testimonies, girl. And at church, we were in this spirit, this season of getting up, sharing these testimonies and saying mm-hmm. everything, you know. And I was like, God, oh, why you got me up here? sharing this testimony like uh this is not me speaking in front of crowds and there was that small still voice again i'm getting right. me ready to speak before millions and so mm-hmm. that literally all came back to me when i was told that i would have to speak at that conference now this was a whole year later so i'm hearing you know the voice and then i'm hearing the directives of the person that is heading this organization. And so I just take off. Girl, I go, I take off running. I mean, I'm running. You know, I now wow. have an internet radio show called Forgiveness Fridays. Check us out every single Friday on Urban Sound Media. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, yes. But, you know, I've been able to do many different things. I still correspond with the magazine this past year. I got to go cover the red carpet at the Stella Awards. That's that supernatural thing I was talking about. But wow. getting into all of these different spaces and, and getting higher and higher and higher and higher right and so mm-hmm. now i'm in a place where i'm up here with like the big dogs like big motivational speakers and like how does this happen like how did i get here and i worked with these individuals that's like the top individual coaches and they did not provide what they were supposed to provide and so you know here's this me that goes back to that little girl where I make up excuses for everybody else for why they didn't do what they wanted to do Mm -hmm. or why they didn't do what they needed to do. And so I put my big girl pants on and I told them, I said, you know what? Things are not working out. And so I think that it's best that we sever ties. And so I was like in this rat race. I mean, literally, I did Forgiveness Nation tour this past year. I was traveling all over. I mean, everywhere that you could think, you know, I was trying. I even went to Joel Osteen Church and got a video of him giving a testimony about forgiveness and shouting out my uh, my mission of forgiveness. Like, oh, wow. I was everywhere, okay? And, you know, a lot of people would look at me and be like, oh, my God. Even my mom, she's like, I'm tired looking at you. Like, I'm just tired of looking at you. So I was <laughs> running this, this rat race, you know, because I took that small, still voice and I just mm-hmm. ran with it. Okay, you gave me this and this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I'm literally running myself around. And mind you, I was doing network marketing. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but that's meeting yes. after meeting, talking to this person, talking to that person, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I'm crazy, right? Literally crazy. And so at a season of my life, that's what success was. It was to constantly be busy, constantly doing something, getting up there at the top of that ladder until that very moment that I had made that large investment and God told me to leave it because that's not what I have for you. Mm. I was like, what? You say that, what? So I'm typing (laughs) this email. I'm typing this email, girl. And I'm like, okay, God, so are you sure? 
And like, it was like a parent chat. That, what did I just say? I was like, okay. And I could think the type of email is like, you know, I have to leave and I have to part with anything. I didn't get half right. of the stuff that I was supposed to get. And so all he placed in my heart after that was serve. That's all you need to do is serve. That's right. I'm like, what? So serving is my definition of success. Mm. Because ever since I started serving, instead of trying to elevate and advance myself, because the scripture says that man can elevate you for a season, but Mm -hmm. God will make your name great eternal. And so Mm. as long as I do what he has organized for me to do, what he has designed for me to do, then that is the ultimate success. Mm-hmm. You better preach, Reverend Brown. Listen, <laughs> that is so absolutely true. And I tell people that all the time. Like, we we fall a lot in life, especially mm-hmm. when we do things that we want to do versus mm-hmm. things that God wants us to do. And when you sit down and listen and be personal with him, you'll hear everything he has to say. You'll see the many blessings he'll put in your life and all the signs he wants you to move here, move there, do this, do that. And I tell people, it comes in people, places, and things. So you have to pay attention Mm -hmm. to your surroundings because you never Mm -hmm. know who God has in place to do something specifically just for you. And when they Mm -hmm. do it, you better be ready to, to grab it. Because sometimes it don't come around more. It don't come around sometimes more than once. Sometimes it might be the only time. So you Mm -hmm. have to be, like I said, aware of your surroundings. And that time at night when you can't sleep, that's God talking to you. So be personal with him. Sit in peace, sit quietly, and just listen. And people really have to understand that that man is powerful, honey. Mm. He is powerful. (laughs) Yes, he is. Because I'll tell you, after he, I I was supposed to get a logo made. I was supposed to get all the... You know, these different things. I'm like, well, I want my logo. Girl, let me tell you, I reached out to a designer and, um, I, I just, I just shared, you know, I'm, I'm right. real easy. I'm real easy to talk to. So I just shared with her, you know, what was going on and, and I wanted to do something for the ministers at my church. They needed mm-hmm. a logo. So I'm like, okay, so not only do I want my logo, but I want to get one for, for my pastors. Right. And so, you know, this person said that, I'm just going to bless you. This is going to be a love mm. offering. So not only did I get what I thought I should have been, I, sh- I was owed from the other organization. I got that. Mm-hmm. And because I was being a servant to do for someone else, I got that as well. Mm. And so that, like, I don't know how much plainer that could have gotten for someone that's listening. But right. if you just release whatever your will is and, place it in the hand of God and let his will be done and not your own, then you will see just how things will just matriculate in your life. And it'll be just, it'll be easier. Like some people look at me and they like, and I'm not saying that I'm problem free, that I don't have worries, that I don't have bills, you know, like I ain't got stuff going on. But at the end of the day, there's nothing that I can do. And we, we say, you know what, I'm going to give it to God. You say, I'm going to give it to God. And what you do, you go over there and you start thinking about that thing. and so. What does it say? It says the word's supposed to be the meditation of our heart. And so if mm-hmm. you're meditating on that problem that you got, you're now giving that problem more light. And then guess what else? If I start talking to you about it, see, I'm like, look, girl, team, this is going on. You know, I don't know what to do, but I said and already gave it to God. So what am I doing? Right. I'm preaching on it. I'm preaching it. You know, I have put it into the atmosphere. So to give it to him, whatever that thing is that you're dealing with, is to say, God, you have this. 
and literally zipping in your mouth, literally closing your mind. And even when you have those thoughts, pray to God that, you know, this not be my portion. You know, God, please change my thought. Like, and yeah. it's, some people think that when you go to God, that it's, um, you have to have this magical formula. You know, a lot of people say, you know, <laughs> it's a quiet time and, you know, do all this thing. You have to get on your knees. You might have to lay prostrate. Like, all of these things. Right. Let me tell you my plan. Girl, I get in that shower and I go to town. I get because you know for me that's me too that's for me, me but too. if you think about it what do we get what, what where do we get baptized at we get baptized in water mm-hmm. and so for me I, when I'm in that space that space I'm just in a, a simulator of baptizing and and releasing myself to him all over again and just having true honest conversation like look mm-hmm. up look bad Whatever he is to you, you know what I'm saying? People, you, you got to understand, you got to be real with him. What is your real? You know, right. we get into a space of, you know, I talked about it before, doing what somebody else wanted me to do or doing something because it became my norm. I have to do my real. Not my norm, but my real. Right. Mm. Yeah, get the norm, get the norm. <laughs> so what do you believe was your biggest challenge and how did you overcome that? I think I was my biggest challenge. Mm. The way that I thought, the way that I put expectations on other people, it was just me. Mm. And until, you know, I got into a space of realizing, you know, that there's a reason that people do what they do. There's a reason that I can't understand why people do what they do. It's right. not meant for me to understand why you do <laughs> or what they go through. I can only worry about what God has given Kiana to do, what God has placed on Kiana's plate. You know, and being able to not be somebody's savior. We have a savior already. That job, that position is already filled, Kiana. Get out the way. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, you know, that I have been my biggest downfall. And getting into the position of understanding what my purpose is, and that's to serve, and that's to serve him, but not myself, and not to be a servant to others. That we can serve in the name of him for others. But right. there's another thing that I got wrapped up in is serving for a title, right? I mean, you know, mm. even even with our even with our pastors, right? You know, we get into a position of thinking that, you know, because this is a pastor or this is a person of high authority that's in whatever realm it is that we are seeking validation from, that we have to do these extra things that we have to go above and beyond to make sure that they know that we're doing what we're girl, God see everything before you do. He already know your thoughts. Before you were right. involved in your womb, he already had the thoughts about you, plans to prosper you. Like, all of that was already done. So why? Why, why are we doing all that? Mm. You know, so just getting into that space of realizing that I need to understand exactly what my purpose is. My purpose is to serve him. And then what, from there, whatever he desires for me to do. So now when people ask me to do things, I'm not like, sure, great. I, you know, I'll help you. Let me get back to you on that. Right. And it's right. not a space of being cocky. It's a space of being, okay, God, they asked me to do, do you, this is what you want me to do? And then also praying for the power of discernment because there's some things that God's just going to tell you to say no to immediately on the spot. But he will give yeah. you that discerning ear to be able to notice, even the discerning eyes to know that that is not for me. There are going to be things that are going to look great for you, but they're not good. Right. Right. That is the truth. That's why it's so important to pray on things all the time. All the time. Yeah, right here. I, 
girl. I, I'm just saying, like, at my, my day job, working as a pet groomer, I say, God, you gave me the best job ever because this is something that I can do and I can still listen to your word all day long. To mm. be involved, you know, to be de- enveloped in his word all day long. You know, some people say it's hard to live a holy life. It's not. It's really not that hard. It's not. It's just doing what you know is the ethical right thing to do. You think about it. You know, what would God do? And you have to live from a forgiving eyesight, right? I I just had a phone call with one of my um, employees today. They called me. First of all, they know they're not supposed to be calling me because I had surgery. But, you know, that that, that was the thing. But I said, okay, God, I'm going to answer this phone call. So I answered the call, and um, they were telling me about something that was going on. And I said, did you know that you had an opportunity to teach somebody? You had the opportunity to show somebody the right way to do it, but you decided that you wanted to be smart and smug about it. You have to learn how to look at life situations about how can I turn this around and maneuver it for good. Right. And so daily in my life, no matter what obstacle is thrown at me, I'm like, okay, God, how can I turn this around for good? Whether it's having an, an argument with somebody close to you, you know, because of something that happened. And I, I had that happen to me the other day, those disagreements that happens with mm-hmm. you. And, um, you know, in that moment, you know, I could have done something different. Kiana could have not said nothing at all. But I went back and I said, you know what? I think this is why I felt the way that I felt. Actually talking about your feelings, expressing them, letting the other person know what's actually going on and actually thinking about it yourself. In the a journey back to me on Facebook, the processes that I go through on that Facebook Live is looking at what happened in the day before so that I don't take it into this day. Right. And so being able to process those things, because there are a lot of things that happen in our days that we take into the next day, to the next week, to the next month, and we wonder why two months later something happened and you mad because you didn't deal with that other thing. And exactly. so being able to process those things as they happen or get into your quiet time, for me, my shower, um, whatever that is for you, get into that space, so you can go through those processes of relieving yourself. One of the things I say is to repossess your life by forgiving. And so we have the opportunity to repossess our lives in situations where we don't give other people power over us. We don't give situations power over us. So dealing through that, figuring out why you do what you do, being able to transform one situation into another situation. I believe that's what it's all about. Yes, 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 yes. You just dropping all the gems, Tiana. You dropping all the gems. I hope the people girl. Stuff down. <laughs> I hope they write it down because I know I am. I got my notepad. I mean, it, it's notepad. just literally a learning process. Like, the, like you get so many things that that happen in your day, and even things that signs that God sends you. But you got to be open. Like, if you're not in a space where you can receive, then there'll just be things happening. You'll be like, well, dang, I missed that. I missed this. Mm-hmm. Or this didn't happen for me. Because you, you, you missed your little portal right there where your information was falling through. And because you decided to be angry about this, you weren't able to receive it. Because wherever yeah. there's anger and confusion, there is no God there. So he can't even get in that space and be like, girl, this is what you should have did, girl. You should have said this. Or this your way to turn that around, girl. But if you don't get into the space of not mm-hmm. allowing for things to penetrate you, you know, people tell me, you know, you feel like you look and act like I was saying this earlier that, you know, that you don't have a problem in the world. I just know that I can't handle everything. I know that everything is not mine to deal with. So, I mean, I just 
you know, let it roll off my shoulder just like it's some more. Right. It, it's right. It, it's just going to have to roll off of me because I cannot allow for it to penetrate. It's just um like the conditioners <laughs> we use there, a certain conditioners that I use in um the pet grooming industry. And uh some of them have porphins and different things like that. And mm-hmm. there's some that will allow for the moisture to penetrate. And then there's some that will just allow for it just to roll on off. And that's what I do. I just let it roll on off because I can't let everything stick with me. It ain't mine to carry. That's right. That's right. Get rid of that dead weight, those extra bags we carry around that we don't need. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if Absolutely. you can give your younger self, little younger Kiana, little Kiki, if you can <laughs> give her one piece of advice, what would it be? Wow. If I could give myself a piece of advice. I think it would just be to love yourself, to love every mm. part of you because you are different and there's nothing wrong with different. There's nothing wrong with it. So it would just simply be to love yourself and to love your different. Mm. You know, we. I think that, you know, I, I, get, I got wrapped up, you know, so much in my youth that I wasn't like everybody else, but it's because I was unique. You know, and today I'm excited about being me and I'm excited about not being you. And not to say that there aren't some great things about you, but (laughs) literally, you know, I I look at at my mom for an example. You know, she has a great government job. She got a house. She got all these things going on for her. Girl, my mother went on vacation and I had to fill in for her. And I was like, "Mm -mm, don't want that. So I'm excited to be exactly who God has created and designed for me to be. And today I love every part of me every part of me you know I used to look in the mirror and I did not see you know because people are like oh you're so pretty and I'm Mm -hmm. like yeah that's what you see but I don't see that in the mirror I didn't see that and today I see the beauty but it's not the beauty of a superficial beauty it's not the beauty of you know what my face looks like it's the beauty of my heart it's the beauty of the glow like you know I feel I feel like I have a, a glow around me you know I feel like there's no dark cloud around me anymore and that's the beauty that I see and that only comes from me allowing myself to be open to the power of Christ that's awesome that's awesome. So do you have any upcoming events or projects that you can let our listeners know about? Sure. So uh, I think I'm supposed to be hosting an event for my friends. She got me in saying, I don't know why they think that, you know, that's the thing that I do, but I'm going to help out. <laughs> so I'll be hosting that event for her. I think that's November the 16th. If you stay connected on um, social media, that's at The Forgiveness Expert. You'll get some information about that um, hopefully coming up soon. I haven't received the flyer for that. December the 1st, I am launching my documentary. It's called The Uplift Project. And as I was sharing earlier, there's a show that I do every Friday called Forgiveness Fridays. And it was you know, it's it's like um an informational show where people come on and we share and they share about their business and what forgiveness means to them. And I'm like, but there are so many deeper stories that, mm-hmm. you know, we can't share in that little bit of time. So myself because a lot of the time when people hear me speak, some people don't know exactly who I am, what I do and the things that I've gone through. And so I've taken the time to do this documentary with myself and three other amazing women. And December the 1st, we're going to launch that through Urban Style Media. It's going to be a special edition of Forgiveness Fridays. We're going to have the women come out, the producer come out. We're going to have a Q&A segment. I mean, these women have 
gone through some, ooh, just like I said, I don't want to walk in issues. They've gone mm. through some things and they've been able to get in the space of forgiveness and healing and moving on to help other people through their pain. You know, in our weakest spaces, that's where we're supposed to invite Christ in and that's where he develops us to do the work that we were designed to do. A lot of us look at the things that we've gone through as, you know, woe is me, but you need to look at it as an opportunity to serve. And that's what these women have done and that's what I continuously do. So look out for that documentary the release is going to be December the 1st. Um, it's going to be airing live on social media, 4 to 6 p.m. There are going to be tons of watch parties going on. So hopefully you're connected with somebody. If not, you can go to Urban Style Media. You can go to The Forgiveness Expert on Facebook, and you'll be able to catch it there. And prayerfully, you can do a watch party as well to get this message out yes. about forgiveness. A lot of us really don't understand that our lives are being placed on hold because we are not able to walk in the life that God has designed for us. And to have this eyesight of forgiveness, this vision of forgiveness. And um, before I go, I just want to share this. There was the, the court incident with the, the woman who shot someone. And I believe it was the son who said, can I hug the lady? You, you know the incident I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yes. It's all mm-hmm. over the media. Um, you know, when I look at that incident, I could see me in the, the prisoner's shoes. And that young man, all I saw was Christ. I saw that that's what he does for me every single time I go against his will. Every single time I do something Mm. out of the order of what he has designed for me to do. He just opens his arms and says, my child, I forgive you. And because Jesus died on the cross over 2,000 years, that that gives us the opportunity to do that. There were so Mm -hmm. many things that were being said about that. And, you know, but for me, having the eyesight of forgiveness, the vision of forgiveness, that's exactly what I saw. And, you know, you you called me the forgiveness expert in the beginning. And my mission is to help other people in the world become that, because that's the only way that you're going to truly be able to live in your purpose because the the moment you decide to release all of the anger, the hurt, the bitterness, the malice, anything that's coming up against you is the moment that you will totally be free. And you can work at being, you know, getting in a better space of being happy and doing that. But to get free is what God wants you to do so that you can get into the places to operate and what he's designed for you to do. You're definitely so. uh, And then 2020, the business is officially launching Uplift Women's Alliance. We've been an official business with the government since May, but we're officially, officially launching 2020. So there are going to be some programs um, that are set out. It's a three-day mastery confidence program that I'll be doing. Um, Look out for that link where we get to spend three intimate days together where right now I'm digging and diving in some deep spaces, getting out some information to help you get into a space where you can live it, do it, and be it, and rock out through confidence. And there there's some other things. And this year, July, we're doing our first conference. Yeah. It's going to be the the interchange, mind, body, and soul. So I'm excited about that. So, yeah, there's some, some, some great things coming down the pipeline. And I know God's going to make some other collaborations happen throughout the year. Uh, but my website is www.kianasbrown.com. And that's K-Y-O-N-N-A-F and the color brown.com. And I'm just excited about what God is going to do in my life. And then all of the people that he brings into my life for whatever season. I know there are great things planned in store for us all. Yes, 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 yes. So before we go, can you give our audience one piece of advice in regards to bossing up, not just in business, but in life? So it's it's simple. You got to live it, you got to do it, and you got to be it. That's my motto about everything. 
And in order to be that boss, you got to work through all of those spaces. So remember, in everything, live it, do it, and be it. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. I thank you so much, Kiana, for being on this episode of Perfectly Bossing Up today. Oh, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so I hope everybody was writing down the gems you would drop in, how they can contact you through social media, all your events. I don't know if you have a newsletter, but keep up with a newsletter if she has one. And with that being said, I hope everyone has an amazing day and continue to boss up with purpose. Thank you for listening to this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. Continue to keep bossing up with purpose. Real one. Boss.